Hi, everybody. I'm uh, Johan Hannes, a medical doctor from Brussels, Belgium. Uh, welcome in this uh, new episode of the podcast. And uh, I'm welcoming you with... Uh, Hello everyone, I'm Ines Correia, a medical doctor from Portugal, and welcome to our second episode. Um, how was the feedback from your side? Because you're in Portugal, I mean in Belgium. Uh, um, from what I saw, uh, our podcast was downloaded more than 130 times, and uh, it was listened in all, all the world from the statistic what we got. I'm surprised. I'm surprised about the the success what we had. What is your feedback? What yeah, you I was really surprised because I thought that only our family and friends would listen to us, <laughs> and there are so many people listening. Uh, so I hope you enjoy our next episodes. This one about physical activity, and uh, if you have something you want us to speak about if you want to listen something different please reply to us we are building our podcast in these first episodes are the ones what are perfect for it i see nesh that you are speechless after this audio message but in fact, there is a link between, uh, between it and what you said in our previous podcast. The European Lifestyle Medicine Certificate is my baby. So we know babies in many cultures are brought by storks. Hmm? Now, talking seriously, storks are the symbol of Strasbourg, an amazing city in France. It's an amazing city, not only because of its architecture, but also because it's the city which introduced in France the concept of exercises medicine or sport santé sur ordonnance in French. The medical doctor who had this initiative is Alexandre Feltz, and he just published a book this year, which I recommend, Sport santé sur ordonnance, Manifest pour le mouvement. There is a fact Sedentarity and physical inactivity are the fourth cause of mortality in France after hypertension, smoking, and diabetes. So people have to move and now. What is sports santé? Is the prescription of uh, physical activity as prevention of chronic diseases, sports santé prévention, or as a therapy, prescription sports santé? physical activities or sport activities which are regular from light to moderate intensity. Since 2008, Dr. Alexandre Feltz is participating activi actively in the politics from the civil society of his city, Strasbourg, as the health counselor of the mayor, but also keeping his work as a family doctor. Where all this started? It was in 2008, when he read a report of INSERM, Institut National de la Santé et de la Recherche Médicale, which was stressing the importance to develop an infrastructure for the non-competitive sport, because it facilitates the regular physical activity for patients with chronic diseases, seniors and sedentary people. The report of that time showed the importance of the moderate physical activity in reducing premature mortality between 29% to 41% in those practicing at least five days per week with a minimum of 30 minutes per day. 
It prevents obesity and overweight in children and teenagers, acts on self-confidence and anxiety, helps quitting smoking, could reduce the risk of depression, osteoporosis or fractures, especially at seniors, prevents cardiovascular diseases as myocardium infarct, hypertension, stroke, diabetes, and some cancers as breast or colon cancer, and even the debut of Alzheimer's disease. The report concluded that time that the developing of a regular physical activity from light to moderate level in chronic disease should be a public health priority. So, Dr. Fels asked himself that time, why not prescribing it? Then, in Strasbourg, the mayor office, the mayor being a sportsman also himself, started the project of Sport Santé en Prescription in April 2012 under the supervision of Dr. Feldst, based on a protocol. What's happening? So the patient sees his family doctor, who after a medical evaluation, gives the contact data of a team of sport educators, sport instructors, instructors belonging to the city. The sport educator evaluates the physical condition and the motivation of the patient, and according to this, he proposes a plan of physical activity twice per week. The family doctor is informed about this. First year, the program is free of charge. The second year and the third year, the patients pay, according to their financial situation, between 20 and 100 euros per year. The Strasbourg program was the object of uh, study for many researchers, and it showed how regular physical activity breaks the so-called career of chronic disease, a term used by, uh, by Dr. Feltz, of the patient, and the social isolation which he experienced due to his condition. Unfortunately, even if more than 50 French cities joined the project, and even some cities from Belgium, it was not possible to generalize the same project at a national level because of lack of financial resources and especially political support. The book is an inspirational lecture because it shows how political decision is important, even if scientific data is not to be neglected. And this political decision can radically change the health of people, in this case of Strasbourg inhabitants. This city is also special and lucky because of his mixed history, German and French. Local authorities invested always in the local health uh, through the local health assurances and favorizing physical activity through the city bath already in 1911. So we can say that Sport Santé existed in Strasbourg already from 1911. Which types of physical activities are proposed in this program? Is Athletism Santé, Nordic Walk, Aqua Jogging, Muscular Reinforcement, Tai Chi Chuan, Qigong, Velhop, which is a local shared bike system, basket santé. The main goal is to practice as much as possible these three activities, walking, biking, and swimming. In conclusion, personal stories, successful patients who found the pleasure of physical activity even at age of 60 or 70 years, and Dr. Alexandre Feld's lifetime fight to generalize this initiative in all France and how to transform a city in a healthy one 
complete the content of this book, which I strongly, I strongly recommend to those who are interested about this initiative, about physical activity, who can read in French, and let's hope to have soon the English version. This time, as promised, I bring news from the field. What was published this year regarding physical activity and lifestyle medicine? A systematic review from March this year came to the conclusion that the MED diet appears to have the most beneficial effect on CV events and increased hours of physical activity are strongly related to greater improvement of risk factors. In this paper, MED diet decreased both systolic and diastolic pressure, major CV event rates, and risk of developing type 2 diabetes. So, as you can see, med diet and physical activity rules. Another systematic review and meta-analysis I found, I got to put into a frame and hang on my office wall so I can show to my patients several times a day. I live in a heterogeneous community where you can find both farmers and city people. People who live in rural settings are usually regarded as more physical active than those living in urban areas. Even the patients themselves think they don't need to move more because they work in the farm. Some of them are obese, have hypertension and diabetes. This paper brought to light that people who live in rural areas just, uh, are just as physical and activity, inactive as people who live in urban areas. So this is a call to action. Public health campaigns promoting physical activity in rural settings are just as necessary as in urban settings. And to finish and not bother you, uh, I bring you another systematic review, something we always preach about. General lifestyle interventions on their own seem insufficient to improving physical activity levels after stroke or transitioned ischemic attack. Lifestyle intervention that specifically encourage increasing physical activity appears to be more effective. This tells us we need to establish specific strategy. Johan, maybe you would like to talk about setting the SMART goals. Um, thank you, Ines. It's uh, about, about the news. Uh, I'm surprised about uh, in the countryside. Uh, I saw that their people are more uh, are healthier. But mm -hmm. it seems that it doesn't matter where we are uh, in the same country, in the same world, we are the same, the human nature. Mm -hmm. um, so about um, establishing goals, uh, this is the, the smart uh, approach, what, uh, what it's really what it's really looking, I mean, uh, working. Um, and what this means for people who are not familiar, it means that, for example, if you would like to, uh, to, uh, to do more physical activity, you have to uh, make it this more specific, so it's S. You have to do measurable, so it means um, which type of physical activity you would like to do, for example, walking, and then uh, measurable how much you would like to do regularly. And then it's coming the R, um, uh, no, the A, sorry. Uh, so A, it's coming from, from action. Which are the actions what you would, uh, which you will implement in your life to achieve this? So for example, in walking, um, you will get uh, which park you will get to walk or you will get maybe uh, to work uh, walking and not taking the public transport of your car. So you just write down the actions what you will uh, implement. 
than R, it's about uh, realistic. So which kind of uh, uh, actions could stop you to uh, achieve your, uh, your goal? So in our case, uh, bad weather, uh, tiredness, uh, too much work, or so on. It's important to, to put this on paper because it helps you uh, to, to structure um, your physical activity. And then the last one, it's about T, time. Timely, it means that um, what you would, how, how long you would like. You like to do one day per week. Uh, you would like to have this new habit uh, for a few weeks. Just give you, yourself a time, time frame, uh, and then uh, it helps you with the motivation, with the confidence what you have to achieve this goal. Today, our, um, our guest, uh, it's uh, Professor Bengt Kaiser, um, who is a very uh, known uh, person, professor, a personality at University of Lausanne, uh, but also worldwide. Um, he's a um, professor, as I mentioned, at the University of Lausanne. He was also professor in the University of Geneva. And um, he, uh, his curriculum, it's really uh, impressive. So he wrote more than uh, 200 articles. He uh, has uh, two PhDs. Uh, um, and um, we are very uh, pleased uh, about uh, having ha him uh, in, uh, in our podcast. And um, I hope you will enjoy the, uh, the interview with him. So, uh, welcome, uh, Professor Kaiser uh, Bengt, in our podcast. Um, we are happy that we have here because you have a lot of experience regarding physical activity. Um, and we would like uh, in this conversation to know about uh, more about how our body could uh, regain uh, the physica physical activity level before of the lockdown or eventually before we've been uh, not doing too much physical activity and uh, which uh, type of uh, intensive physical activity could be recommended for people who uh, kept their, uh, their activity very, very high. Right, Johan. Well, th thanks very much for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure to, uh, to be here with you and have a conversation on physical activity and, and what this lockdown means for us. And, 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 and perhaps uh, to, to launch the, the conversation, it's interesting to, to just realize also that, that at the extreme uh, end of the distribution of physical activity levels, this is a, a theme which is much discussed uh, the, the, the last weeks. And those are athletes, of course. I mean, there are scores of athletes that were in the middle of their preparation for the Olympics in Tokyo, who suddenly saw themselves stopped in their tracks and, and couldn't go out anymore and train on their bikes or train running on the track or in the streets. And, and suddenly these people are confined and, and, and limited with regard to what they can do. So everybody is talking about, oh, how, how I'm going to manage this and, and, um, and, and, and I'll be losing my, my, my physical fitness. And, and it's awful. And if, if there's one thing important that we should uh, keep in mind uh, and that we can then extrapolate from these high level athletes to the general population, if if there have been changes in the sense that we have reduced our daily physical activity levels, when we get 
freed from confinement, we have to be careful with the rate with which we increase the physical activity levels again. Rapid changes in intensity and volume of physical activity level and training is potentially like dangerous. It can, it can lead to injury, it can lead to fatigue. We have to gradually increase again uh, our levels of physical activity. And I think that's something we can, we can take also for the general population who is um, uh, more concerned with lifestyle effects of physical activity on their well-being. Um, also these people, if they have been limited in what they could do, when they get the possibility to move again more, they have to gradually increase the intensity and the volume. And how we know that our uh, level, normal level of physical activity decreased? I mean, of course, we are, uh, uh, we are doing less, but um, how we know that uh, we should be uh, aware of some signs which show that our physical activity changed? Well, um, one, of, one of the signs is that we perhaps do not feel the same um, energy and the same uh, awakeness as we would usually do, um, depending a little bit on the, on, the, um, on the amount of reduction in physical activity. Um, but, but one knows pretty well, just by, by introspection of where we are, we, we know what our usual daily routines are. Uh, mm -hmm. how we commute to go to several places for work or other places um, and, and, and how we perhaps go up and down the stairs normally when we, when we leave the house and, and, and come back and stuff like that. So we kind of know what has changed. Um, and our energy level by, probably. Just by listing one's own behaviors and, um, and that gives already a, a good idea. Um, what, what for sure is happening when there is like a, a, a sizable decrease in daily physical activity levels, that there will be some effect of detraining. We, we lose some of the training effect of what we're usually engaging in. And, and that, can, that can then have repercussions on all kinds of levels. Um, as, as, is, as you well know, exercise is, is, is an incredible uh, uh, um, uh, effect has an incredible effect of many, many, many organs. It's it's not just a muscle that's been trained or untrained, but it has effects about everywhere in in the body, from the brain down to the kidneys, uh, the the intestinal system, mm. and etc. Uh, etc. Et so any reduction will lead to uh, well a reduction in in the way these organ systems are. Um, are interconnected and, and can and functioning and, and, and because you and because you mentioned the the, the top uh, athletes how uh, they um, how they dealt uh, with this situation um, from from what you know or you've been in contact with them well it's it's uh, it's interesting because of course they are depending on the country where they are and the and the the, the type of lockdown that they're that they uh, that they have to live with um, they are very creative. They invent all kinds of interesting ways of still being able to do, to do their thing. For example, um, I've seen a very nice little video of a triathlete um, who, who could, of course, uh, cycle uh, on his, on his uh, home trainer, but also wanted to, to swim. And what he did was he, he mm -hmm. filled up his kid's uh, a small inflatable swimming pool with enough water and then attached himself uh, with a, uh, a kind of a harness uh, to the wall 
keeping him in place while being able to make swim movements like almost natural in a, in a kind of environment that looked like a, like a real uh, swim mm. environment. Mm -hmm. um, uh, similarly, uh, um, high-level uh, uh, cyclists um, who were in preparation and still are, of course, for the big tours like the Tour de France and, and the Giro, they have been sitting a lot, a lot on their home trainers, of course, to keep, uh, to keep on training. But that's, that's not easy. I mean, it's, it's hard enough to sit on your bike uh, sometimes for six hours a day when you're in full uh, training uh, preparation uh, as a professional cyclist. And imagine sitting six hours on your, on your home training at home. It's, it's not easy. easy. One of the tricks that they use is that they use um, uh, um, like uh, immersion, like virtual environments that they project on a screen in front of them, uh, um, like a, a real cycling environment with actually also roads that do exist and, and, and mm -hmm. pretty well uh, imaged um, uh, uh, scenery that, that it looks almost like you would uh, be climbing some, some mountain pass or so in the Alps. Uh, and, and those are a few tricks that, that the athletes use to, yeah. to keep on training. And because you said uh, this imagination, the mental health, the mental creativity, are some other lifestyle factors which should be they, they use during this time? So I don't know about uh, sleep, eating, or, or which are important. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, an athlete is not just a matter of training. An, an athlete uh, also has uh, to, to sleep well and to eat well and, and keep um, a high level of organization during the day. And of course, that's, that's pretty difficult when you're, when you're locked down. And, and, and one of the ways is that they try to keep the, 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 the mental part of it also good is is not losing contact with with the others and and there's it's interesting to see there's there's quite a lot of um, of uh, tiktoking and 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 instagramming and 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 and, and other activity where uh, groups of athletes even though they are being separate come together and work together and make nice videos um, to show that they're still in contact and that they're that they're keeping up with each other and, and keeping contact and, and help each other to keep the training schedules and the like. Um, so also not to, um, to uh, forget the, the human factor of all of this. It's, mm -hmm. it's very important, of course, to, to, to keep in contact with others being confined. It's good for our mental health. And they are not challenged by eventually gaining weight because yes, they try to train, but they are or they are really uh, they have really discipline about eating, or do they apply, for example, fasting, or I don't know what do you have some information about their. Uh, we don't know. Uh, we don't know the details because uh, not all of the details are shared. But what I what I assume is happening is that they're paying a lot of attention to that, and and generally uh, top level athletes are, are well accompanied also by nutritionists. And and I I wouldn't worry so much about about okay. them. They are able to keep that uh, pretty well under control. But I'm of course much more worried by what's happening for for the general population mm -hmm. in confinement exactly. where there is a reduction in physical activity and a change in daily rhythm and and and, and a real danger into falling into more nibbling and more more eating of not necessarily um, uh, exactly the, the the right combination of food stuff of course and there i think the risk of uh, of gaining gaining some weight and and perhaps eating a non-balanced diet is, is, is much bigger. 
much bigger and probably also now that they will re restart doing physical activity and maybe jumping on a level which uh, it's not recommended um, which type of retraining you would uh, suggest um, for people who are, who are now a bit paused in their uh, preparation i mean an average level of uh, physical activity what they had before yeah how to how to um, how to get back in shape uh, exactly. how to dose uh, the physical activity levels uh, um, in, in in such a way that you get back into shape uh, as quick as possible but without running the risk of injury and 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 maybe some 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 overuse uh, problems of tendons and and, and other stuff um, well, it's a matter of dosing. So it depends on where you were before you went into confinement and then what happened during confinement. Um, and, and then it's like gradually going back again to where you were before, not immediately doing exactly the same thing as you were used to before. So say, for example, somebody, somebody commutes every day on his bike to work and, and perhaps once, once or twice a week does some, some gentle jogging. Um, mm -hmm. uh, after two months of, of confinement, this person can certainly go and commute again on, on, on a bike to, to, to work. You can, you can dose uh, the effort during commuting on a bike very easily. But I would, I would suggest then that for the jogging, um, to, to go gently and, and perhaps first do uh, once a jog a week, perhaps at a slightly lower speed and perhaps not for the same distance as, as uh, before. And then gradually after three weeks or so, uh, add the second uh, session to it and, and, and slowly increase the speed and also the distance to be back again to where it was, like say after, after four weeks or so, something like that. Mm -hmm. Here in Belgium, it's very popular, the high-intensity intermittent training. Uh, would you recommend these, um, this type of physical activity or if not, uh, uh, or yeah, wh what is your opinion on this? Because it's mostly made somewhere for, for busy people, with people who don't have much time. Yeah, high-intensity interval training is, uh, is becoming more and more popular. It's... Um, it's actually it's not that new per se because we call it differently before we we, we called it rather like interval training um, uh, as it was used by by athletes uh, for 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 already very long time it's been mm -hmm. it's been part of training routines since uh, specifically in Scandinavia that this became um, became popular already quite some 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 time ago. But, but now uh, people are getting more interested in, in this because it also seems to be of very interesting use for like uh, general population, detrained people, but also patients uh, like, like, like as a, as a, uh, in, in a therapeutic use of, uh, of physical activity. There have been interesting studies published, for example, in populations with, uh, with diabetes or populations that are detrained uh, and, and pre-surgery to see mm -hmm. if it can perhaps help in increasing the, their fitness uh, to be better withstand the stress of the, uh, of the surgery. And, and it seems, seems very promising. And, and the interesting thing about this high intensity interval training seems that you can, you can get a result 
for a amount of uh, work produced, so work done um, in, in, uh, in Newton meters or whatever other um, uh, uh, quantity uh, expressed uh, as compared to like uh, low intensity, longer duration exercise. So if you, if you compare the same uh, amount of work done, like, like uh, sitting on a bike and, and, and cycling at 50, 60% of your maximum uh, aerobic speed, uh, as compared to doing a few series where you go well beyond, like at 150%, so super maximal, but for, for short periods, uh, but producing in the end the same amount of work on the bike, uh, it seems that the result can be equivalent or even better when you do this high intensity interval training as compared to continuous uh, lower intensity work. Now that's interesting because of, first of all, you, you gain time, and second, uh, it seems that, that, that there are people uh, in whom the, the, the pleasure that's being felt during the exercise can actually be higher when doing this kind of sprinting type of activity Everything. as compared to do, sitting on a bike for a long time and just pedaling along. Now, of, of course, high intensity interval training is something that you should not just start doing from scratch uh, uh, if if there's any reason to believe that you are potentially having um, risk factors um, um, because still it's it's putting uh, pretty much of a strain on the organism in these short intervals so so uh, some some uh, discussion with one's uh, doctor uh, if one has some some risk factors would would be uh, would would be good before engaging mm -hmm. And then also, it's um, it's it's a probably a good plan again to dose things in a proper way. So, for example, somebody who is used to some jogging and is is in pretty good shape, and there is no reason to believe that there is any cardiovascular underlying disease cooking or so. And um, this person can certainly start uh, using some interval training in uh, the the routines when going jogging, and that can be gentle, like for example. Uh, choose uh, one session per week to add once the warm-up is done during the jogging like five or six uh, uh, sprints of say 20-30 seconds where the speed is not maximal but uh, in the beginning like uh, much faster than during the regular jog and then in between these sprints of 20 or 30 seconds uh, one can walk or, or just very gently jog for for a minute or a minute or two. It doesn't matter so much. You, you can take your time to get your breath back and then again do the next sprint. And, and then if one does this for a couple of weeks, we can one can then gently increase the speed and in the end uh, actually use a routine where one actually goes for it and, and really sprints during these short periods. And, and that may then effectively increase the efficacy of, uh, of one's training routines. So we talked about uh, what sport athletes do in this uh, challenging period, about how people who already did physical activities, they restart what they should be, uh, what they should be careful. And we talk about the high intense interval training. Do you have some advice for people who would just like now to start a new life doing physical activity? Which sport could be um, physical activity would be recommended to them uh, to start uh, which sport you consider that it's really uh, good to do it regularly 
uh, and for those who don't have too much experience. Um, like like while being confined or after getting out of confinement? Uh, after, after the confinement. Right, okay. So, so once we, we get an opportunity again exactly. to, to, to go outside. Well, I think what is very important is to, to, to make a distinction between two aspects of, 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 um, of this question. And, and, and one is what is good for us? And that, that we know. We know that, that there is a minimum of physical activity uh, over a week time that is good for us. I mean, the WHO says 150 minutes of moderate to vigorous uh, activity over a week is, is something that we should all strive to as, as a minimum. Exactly. And, mm -hmm. and, 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 then, and then the next thing is that when it becomes a little bit more precise that, that perhaps some, some endurance type of activity and also some type of activity where we work a little bit more on force development with our muscles. And, and, and that's, that's a given. That's like the, the, the reason why we would like to, to, to uh, have people to tend to that because it's good for them and they feel better, they sleep better, they function better, they have less problems with their, with their sugar, etc. So, so the, the second part is, 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 is pleasure. I mean, if, if we know that physical activity is good for everybody, um, it, the form under which this physical activity is then uh, done uh, is very variable. Some people like to basketball. Some other people just like to do some Tai Chi in the park. Some people want just to walk. Other people uh, like to jog. Uh, some people need to engage in some competitive activity, football or tennis. Some people just hate competition and just want to, uh, to, uh, to walk together with, with friends. It, it depends very much on where the joy and the pleasure is, is generated uh, for a given person. So I think the advice is that people should think about, uh, about it and, and look for things that they that they like to do. Um, and then there's another distinction to be made is that it, it's a distinction between what can you build in, into your daily routine so that it's like mm -hmm. for free, it's already there. And what part can you imagine to add to your daily routine with perhaps this element of pleasure uh, as a plus. The, the first part is like, if you have stairs in your building and you're living, I don't know, on the third or fourth floor, is that from time to time, or even always, you build in the routine daily, as long as you're able to do it, to include the stairs in your uh, way of moving about in your building and not always choosing the elevator. I mean, that's like for free. It, exactly. it takes you a couple of minutes more, and there you go. You have like a kind of an interval training and strength training at the same time. And then the other thing is, of course, what, what do you like to do? If you like to go to the park with friends, well, go to the park with friends. If you, if you enjoy yourself in playing tennis or, or some other sports with other people, play the sports with other people. Um, it, it, I think it's very important that we, that we remind everybody, uh, of yes, there is like this health component, component, to, uh, component to physical activity, but the, the pleasure element is also very important. The pleasure yes. and social mm -hmm. element should really not be forgotten. Actually, to not forget what was the initial purpose of the sport be before it became so competi competitive. So as you said, uh, 
many times to be pleasure and to do what we we really like. I really thank you for your presence uh, in the podcast and what uh, what we hear here. So it's um, it's very useful and. Uh, you you clear many um, aspects of what means physical activity and we just hope that after people hear our conversation they will just get their sports shoes and they will do just whatever give them pleasure and uh, a good uh, good health thank you exactly very much. well thanks Johan for having me it was a joy uh, talking about this is uh, something that's really uh, close to uh, to my heart and uh, maybe two last things is keep on moving and f don't forget that every move counts. Even if it's just one single step, it counts. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. You're welcome. So, uh, Inesh, what do you think about, uh, about the interview? Did you have some familiar experiences what, we, what I was talking with uh, Professor Kaiser? Okay, Johan, if you allow me, I will do a much personal comment of the interview oh, today. Oh, please, please. <laughs> I have to do a personal disclosure. As you know, I finished my residency in March this year. So during that final month of study, your life doesn't look anything like Grey's Anatomy. Okay, maybe in the drama, but <laughs> nothing really. Everything you think about is studying and the rest, well, it can go to hell. In the, this picture, you can imagine my lifestyle was going bad. But then, a week after my final exam, Portugal came into lockdown. And then it got worse. Stressing to learn all the news information about COVID, stressing to protect myself and others in the best way, being away from family and friends, and working in shifts, you can imagine. Yeah, that must be very hard uh, for you, huh? Yeah. So How I really fall into mm -hmm. the bad combination of food intake and lack of physical activity you were talking about with Professor Kaiser. So I didn't feel the same energy and the same awakeness. Uh, and it was, reflect it was reflecting in my ability to study, which stressed me out even more. And if people on the other side of this podcast are listening and seeing themselves into the same picture, I really want you to know that it's okay to fall into these patterns sometimes. Nobody's perfect and that's okay. It's always time to take a change and it's your decision to change that matters. And how you get out of this? Yeah, for me, food was the first thing to change and the easiest, in the easy one. In my case, the key element was planning all my week meals on my day off. It saves me time during the week and helps me do the healthier choices when I'm eating. Then I got to stress management and stage three, the one that matters for today's episodes, uh, was getting back on physical activity. I think I think is primarily important for today for us to help people understand the difference between physical activity exercise and sport. This is one of the lessons of the certificate, which I, if I'm wrong, uh, started uh, last Thursday. It's that? Um, yes. Yeah. And yes. would you like to talk about those differences to our listeners? Um, yeah, it's actually, um, I was myself uh, a bit uh, having a confusion. I mean, I didn't, it was not very clear for me uh, many years ago when I, uh, when I started my journey in the lifestyle medicine, what is exactly physical activity? What is uh, 
sport, exercise. So um, I needed some time and I needed also some practice because uh, I have to say I'm not, I mean, as we talk about personal disclosures here, so I, I didn't grow up uh, having... Um, uh, an environment sport friendly even physical activity friendly so i had to uh, to build myself uh, some uh, some habits which uh, helped me to to practice um, physical activity and then i just realized that for having uh, health effects uh, of our physical activity we need to go in what we call exercise so it means that it's a physical activity which is uh, structured, which is planned, and which is repetitive. So having these, it's like uh, a medication, what you take on the regular basis, on the, on the long term, you plan this. So having this difference in mind, you could uh, use a physical activity to help with the stress, what you mentioned, or uh, to be a medicine in some chronic disease. Yeah, uh, as Professor Kaiser told us, when you start from scratch, you need to take four things in, into account. What is good for you, the 150 minutes of moderate to intense uh, activity you were talking about, mm -hmm. what gives you pleasure, uh, what can you get into your routine, uh, uh, climbing stairs, uh, go may, left the car uh, far from your office and go walking mm -hmm. uh, the remaining distance uh, and what you can add to your routine. Uh, I started by getting active during my routines. You were saying something? No, I was just saying that uh, it's very important that for, for those who don't really like to do physical activity or just you don't have experience, that even one single episode of physical activity, it helps you to, to improve your sleep, for example, to manage your stress. So the, mo the most important is that you just move, you just do something whenever you want. And of course, after you get the taste of it, you will, you will do it uh, on, uh, on the long term in, a, in an exercise uh, way. Yeah, I started by getting active during my routines, walking while studying every time I could, uh, up and down the stairs of my house as many times as I could. I used my study breaks to play with my dogs in our garden. Uh, my dog <laughs> learned the meaning of ball. <laughs> to be as get me your ball and now is getting the ball then i started walking uh, in the evening with my husband in our neighborhood it's really beautiful mm -hmm. but even with these measures i was sitting at least six times six hours a day and not uh, meeting the 150 minutes of activity per week so when we started preparing this podcast, I really didn't want to be the hypocrite person that comes in here to speak about how good it is to exercise and about exercise habs and not, does nothing, no exercise at all. So... <laughs> yes, Ines, but I think that you are a bit too, too tough with yourself. I mean... Um you are trying your best to have a healthy lifestyle, yeah. including physical activity, which, uh, uh, which I know that it's for, um, 
it's an inspiration for your patients because uh, you told me in past when you've been in the certificate how your patients reacted to your inspirational activities, including physical <laughs> activity. And um, I think that uh, most important is that we are trying to, um, to, to do something for our health. And maybe here talking about balls, talking about... Uh, uh, pandemic talking to be uh, uh, about being home it will be interesting to to listen our next uh, guest uh, Mohamed Awaka um, he was um, uh, doing also following the European lifestyle medicine certificate uh, uh, the the second session so um, which was uh, this uh, year ended in uh, in May um, no, actually in uh, March. And then um, Mohammed, it's a, it's a very friendly person. Uh, mm -hmm. He's living in, uh, in Holland, but he's originally from, uh, from Lebanon. And he's an IT, IT manager. So um, he was interested about the certificate because he's really passionate about physical activity. And we will see in, uh, in the interview um, some, uh, some tips, some, some really interesting ideas about uh, how we can have um, to do some uh, exercise uh, being home. So let's, uh, let's listen to him. Hello, Mohammed, and uh, thank you for accepting to, to share your uh, new old habits uh, for the people who are listening to us. Um, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, it's good. my pleasure. It's my pleasure. And especially I know that you've been uh, in the certificate and uh, yes. you are uh, working like an IT manager and you live in Eindhoven, Holland. Yes, that's true. Yeah, I'm, I'm a global IT manager. Uh, yeah, and I live in Eindhoven in Holland. And uh, I'm now working from home because of the situation. Mm -hmm. And which were your experiences with uh, working from home at the beginning? Um, actually, wasn't so pleasant at the first, but uh, yeah, we, we have to adapt again to the new normal, let's say. It's a new situation now. And uh, yeah, I'm doing my job and managing my team uh, over from home, over the internet. Mm -hmm. So you experience is like usually we do that uh, was difficult to keep the schedule. You are going to sleep late, snacking. Uh, I know that you are a very active person in physical activity. You had time to, or you had moods to do in the, I don't know, the first one, two week, uh, or how, how was going uh, with your schedule at the beginning? Actually, it was tough. Uh, first two days, you feel that you are in a luxury to wake up at any time, sleep at any time, and just do whatever you want. But then, yeah, I mentally, I felt that something is not going well. And uh, I felt that I have to do a change. I have to adjust my schedule and do it better to just feel okay as before yeah why did you what, what made you to to make this change and after how long this happened it happened like uh, yeah after, after two weeks i felt that uh, my body is feeling heavy i'm not eating well i'm uh, sleeping very late uh, also wake up late so i told myself uh, i i gotta do something and how you started the first so, thing what you do what you did 
the first thing that I said to myself is let me set the schedule. Uh, I just put the alarm at the same time I used to wake up when I used to go to the office. So I set my alarm at uh, 6.30. Uh, it's also the same uh, when I go to sleep. So I, I go to sleep at 11.30 maximum. And that's making me more committed to my schedule. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah. So, so you try to to keep it a bit your your schedule. I mean, taking breakfast at the same time, or how 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 was after you woke up, or? So I'm I'm going to give you an example how my day looks like now, actually. So mm-hmm. after those two weeks that I felt somehow not myself, uh, yeah, I started to set the schedule, wake up on time, eating the same breakfast. I even changed the PG, even even if I'm at home, I just wear a shirt, for example, or a polo, because yeah, sometimes in my job I have I have a video calls, so I feel more committed. Uh, the second thing, which is also important, to set a dedicated workspace, because when you are at home, sometimes you just take your laptop, set at the sofa or on the bed, but yeah, it feels <laughs> you feel lazy. So I had to put my laptop on on the same table, make a a really dedicated workspace and consider it as my office. But yeah. when you are doing this, uh, you are not tempted to eat, for example, snacking, uh, how it is? Um, it to is be honest, the kitchen or something. Yeah, to be honest, because also I'm living in a small apartment and yeah, the first two weeks I slipped into a lot of snacking. So I said to myself, I really want to control that. And What I came to my mind is actually to prepare, uh, to write everything I'm eating in, in, a, in a journal. So the second day, I really watch exactly what I eat. So I saw that a lot of snacking happening between the meals. And then I start removing that. So now I know what I'm eating. I'm more in control. And yeah. uh, because I, I know that you are very active physical, uh, in a physical activity, you are even a personal trainer who develop your own schedule and helping others also to do it. So um, you've been able to, to continue or to go back to your uh, physical activity, which type of physical activity you did or uh, you still do? As we spoke before, uh, I do my uh, exercises at home. So I do a pure body weight work. I don't lift weights. I do everything at home from the beginning. So it wasn't really different for me. But I can tell you, uh, yeah, the first week I I had to skip a lot of trainings because when you are sitting working at home, you just feel lazy just to go on the ground and do your sports again. Uh, So to actually overcome that, When I finish work, I used to go for uh, for a walk for at least 40 minutes. Since I'm living now in Eindhoven and they have like a flexible uh, rules, so I can go for a walk. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I come back, I do my workout directly. Uh, my workout actually consists of uh, just body weight training, no weights, which is you can do it anywhere at home in the nature, wherever you are. It's uh, basically uh, like push-ups, pull-ups, some abs, bodyweight squat. And uh, during your work, you had the possibility to to do some some exercises or uh, you were just sitting on on, uh, or how you do it? Because uh, before I knew it was very active, but now home, uh, did you find opportunities to do? To be honest, for this point, you have the advantage while you're working from home to do actually more exercises if you want. For just give you an example, uh, if I have an audio call, 
just put my headphone and start walking all over the apartment. So you really spend time walking and moving. And uh, sometimes when I when I take a breaks, also I just drop on the ground, do some push-ups, <laughs> and then go back to work. <laughs> uh, but I'm gonna give you also I, also yeah, I do some stretching. So every 30 minutes, I just uh, stand up, do some stretching for the back, for the hands, for the legs. Uh, but what's funny, I <laughs> maybe it's yeah, I had to um, innovate something to make mm-hmm. me more mobile. Um, I uh, I play with the balloon. You know the birthday balloons. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I start uh, playing with it. I kick it with my leg. Uh, do some workout really with the balloon. Oh. Like for example, you, you, the rule is you don't have to drop it to the ground. <laughs> uh, I put my timer for two minutes and yeah, I just play with it. And the funny thing because you have furniture at home, then you have to move your body around it. So. You really move in all directions. And how uh, <laughs> how many minutes you do this? Uh, or? Um, I just set two to five minutes maximum and playing with that. Yeah. Hmm. Great. And uh, as I know that you're a personal trainer, eventually if people yes. would like to to know uh, which type of exercise you specifically recommend home, uh, is it possible for them to contact or how you uh, to, that they contact you or? Uh, yeah, yeah, no problem. If someone need any tip, any uh, yeah, any exercises to do at home, I'm I'm ready to give it. And actually, for gym goers, because now we cannot go to the gym, you really can do a lot at home. Even you can use your furniture as your exercise equipment. So you, okay. yeah, you can use the sofa, you can use the chairs, you can do whatever you want. And uh, even if there is no weight involved, you can progress and make the uh, make a progression and make your workout more intense by changing, for example, the time under tension, even the angles of your body. It really gives you an intense workout. They can contact you on Instagram or Facebook or email or... uh... They can contact me over my Instagram, which is, uh, you can find me by typing Mo, M-O-E, and my family name, Awada, A-W-A-D-A. Okay. Thank you for uh, for all these good good tips. And... uh, uh, I really hope that people will contact you and we just uh, advance with their physical activity. Really, thank you for your. Uh, thank you so much for, for your inviting ideas. me again. Yeah. Thanks thank a lot. You. Stay bye safe. Bye. 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 Um, so Inesh, as you hear from uh, Mohammed, uh, he gave some some really uh, funny and interesting um, uh, ideas for doing physical mm-hmm. activity at home. Yeah, after the first time I listened to Mohammed's interview, I felt I'm not alone, <laughs> as you, <laughs> as you yes. could see in his history. It is possible to change anytime, one step at a time. He started by setting back uh, on his shadow, walking at the same time, having breakfast, getting dressed as he, wa- he was going to work and setting a proper working area. Mm-hmm. And this is essential if you want to stay productive while working at home. Then he tried to look for his nutrition and what is going wrong, snacking in its case, and dealt with mm-hmm. it. The third step was physical activity and exercise. And look how we increased his physical activity uh, that was in his routine, walking through audio conferences, kicking the balloon while he had to be sitting, mm-hmm. uh, and the stretching every 30 minutes, the body weight workout, and the 15 minutes walking. 
Um, but luckily, but luckily, since we had the interview in most of the countries, I mean, I think every, I mean, each country now, we can go out, we can do physical activity. So did something change in your habits? Uh, yeah. Luckily, I can say today that I started to run again. I'm mm -hmm. running for one week and a, and a half. I started with um, uh, short uh, periods of running. And now I'm, I, I used to run before the pandemic and uh, my exam. So now I'm in the 5K. Uh, Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, with a bad time, but I do 5K running now. Uh, and it's going to improve in its own time. So I'm really glad and, I'm running again. <laughs> and congratulations, congratulations uh, for this uh, really huge flexibility and uh, motivation. But do you have some, some way how you, you count these or do you use some apps for your... Uh, yeah, I use the apps and I'm going to talk about it uh, after. But, Johan, another thing I recall from the, oh, our physical yes. activity lesson is the different types of exercise individuals should engage. Maybe it would be important if you talked about it to our listeners. Um, yes, there are many, many recommendations of uh, what you should do in your physical activity. Um, but uh, what I would uh, say that it's, I mean, most of the people uh, agree is that when you do physical activity, you should not look just for the cardio. Uh, for the aerobic part of the physical activity, but you should uh, also look for something related to, to strength, endurance, so, so muscle. Then um, it's also very important, uh, maybe in later age, but it's uh, good that you start already from, uh, from, uh, from before to do some flexibility, some stretching exercises for your, uh, for your joints and then some balance uh, exercise. Balance, it's really something you can just stand on one, uh, one uh, leg uh, for five minutes, on another leg, five minutes. So in these ways, uh, having all these four components, uh, you are doing really a complete um, uh, physical activity. Yeah, uh, and today we are talking about how can you use physical activity apps, exercise apps, uh, really, to do the all the types of exercise so mm, stay with interesting. us interesting yes yeah in this episode we will also talk about exercise apps why bring mobile application to this podcast first almost everyone uses them or have at least installed one before when you search for workout apps in Google, you will get 292000000 results. Mobile applications reach a high number of individuals at low costs. Please be aware that if you plan on starting to exercise and you have some previous pathologies or risk factors, discuss your options with the doctor before starting training. As Professor Banks said in his interview, this step is important to prevent injuries. Rapid changes in intensity and volume of training are potentially dangerous. Your choice in workout apps will depend on exactly how and where you plan to work out. 
whatever reason you have to work out and exercise, the most important thing is looking for routines that you feel comfortable with and what that best suited and effective for your body type. Many apps have a previous questionnaire about your physical condition. Be honest when you answer it. The exercise suggested will depend on it. There is no shame in saying that you aren't doing any exercise before. I said it when I start running again. If you have not previous experience in training, you should look for professional help. When you are following mobile app trainings, you will be more likely to do exercises the wrong way and injure yourself. On the other hand, for example, when you sign up for a running plan, most of the apps just give you the running training and not get you the compensation exercise for the upper body or the white post run stretches. If you do not know that you should exercise your whole body, you will start feeling stiffness in your upper body muscles without knowing why. Also, all exercise plans have day off. So please respect them. These days off uh, are when the magic happens. You're, you're giving your body time to process and have your, your heavier days of training and got a better performance in the next training session. When I was searching for the best workout apps of this year, I came across some I have already tried. Some of them paid, some of them free. I'm not using any of them right now, but just because I currently have a Garmin Vivo Active smartwatch and use the Garmin Connect app to control my metrics and Garmin Connect a coach for planning my running workouts. But this is really because I like to have everything in the same app uh, and in this one, I can see my daily steps count, my weekly intensive minutes, um, sleep, duration and pattern, uh, hydration, period cycle, and tips about exercise during the time of the cycle I'm in, stress levels, and so on. And to be honest, I really like the bell on my wrist saying, run faster for five minutes or the more pleasant, you can run slower now. I'm really happy with this solution and I really just want it uh, and Garmin, if you are listening to me, please make my wish come true, please, 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 that they launched a smart bottle uh, that could synchronize with the app so I don't have to be manually inserting, okay, I drank uh, a cup of water, I drank a bottle of water, and so on for all day. For the ones who are looking for your perfect app, take a look at Peer Personal Fitness Coach, Night Running Club, Freeletics, 8 Fight, Mighty. I will uh, put the links uh, on our uh, social media publications and our website. These apps are free or have a good free trial period and uh, I like it, their trainings. I also tried Fitbit Coach when I had a Fitbit Alta, but I quitted uh, it when I purchased the, the Garmin. Right now, uh, I have to say that uh, I'm seeing a professional help uh, to help me with my upper uh, body uh, exercises when I, the days I'm not running. Uh, and when the, the training plan uh, is late, uh, I use peer uh, to get me the, the upper body exercises or to help me with the stretches, the post run. To give you the best information about this topic, I embraced stereotypes and talked to it about, uh, about it with my girls. So, 
if you know if girls can't go to the bedroom alone they have to be in pairs why doing an episode without talking to the girls one of them uses Nike running and she's pretty content about it, especially about the motivation phrases uh, the help has built into the trainings. Another of them reported that her major difficulty is to find trainings that she can personalize in order to not get boring with the, the training sessions. And for most people, it's important to get different exercises every day or even in the same training session. Some of the suggestions are for a more wide range of modalities into the app. Uh, maybe taekwondo, uh, not, maybe football trainings. Some of my friends also talked about uh, this uh, and even said that they would like a workout session they could add in, into their workday and do it in the lunch break, for example. The best workout app uh, for you covers the exercises you're interested in doing at a level that's accessible for you. It, ideally, a good fitness app will support multiple levels of expertise, so as you are getting fitter and more comfortable, you can push yourself to the next level. To finish this topic, I have to say that I came across several systematic reviews in the last year about the impact of mobile apps in physical activity and all of them said that these applications have the potential to promote changes in sedentary time and physical activity over the short time, up to three months, but the results did not achieve significance. Maybe because the studies had small participant numbers and there is a remarkable heterogeneity among these apps. The main management tool included in them was feed messaging, followed by goal-setting mechanisms and self-monitoring. Uh, the apps I told you before, all them uses uh, these features. Regarding to wearables, the most popular gadgets right now, the studies I found stated that wearable technologies as a physical activity intervention achieved a moderate uh, and significant effect size on body weight and waist circumference and a large and significant effect size in the body mass index. These were more efficient for weight and control um, in the individuals with obesity and chronic diseases and also more effective when used for a total or more than, uh, than 12 weeks. Wearable devices play a role as a, a facilitator in motivating and accelerating physical activity. So, if you are starting to exercise, use them and abuse them, uh, if this helps you to get more active. So, Ines, we arrived to the end of our um, second, uh, second podcast. And it was a bit longer than the previous one, but uh, we hope that while people are listening uh, um, our, um, our podcast, they did also physical activity. So we motivated people to stay for almost one hour on uh, on being active um yeah like workout is complete and now i sound like a good exercise app so okay so well we really hope that our way of communicating with you people um, who are listening to us is good if not uh, we try to to improve this because uh, in the the next episode 
uh, we will talk about um, communication, about socializing in lifestyle medicine. Yeah, um, and can you say something a little about it? Maybe people um, love to, to hear about it. Uh, yes, I mean, I will not um, say everything because uh, let's, let's uh, um, let a bit of... Um, leave a bit of uh, surprise exactly <laughs> but what it's uh, what it's uh, interesting is that in the next chapter we will have uh, um, a person who uh, it's very close to to me professionally because uh, she was my my first teacher in uh, she's assistant professor at harvard medical school and she introduced me on evidence-based uh, um, way to lifestyle medicine and she's um, is one of the the worldwide expert in communication in lifestyle medicine so it's uh, dr beth freitas uh, she will talk uh, to us how we should communicate in uh, in lifestyle medicine Good. so until until then um, we thank you for your presence here listening to us Mm -hmm. And usually your way of uh, bringing us uh, to the next episode. Yeah, we are going to leave all the link in the, uh, in the podcast page and Elmo uh, website. Uh, tell if you like our episode, if you want to listen about something different. I come across several articles, some of them about physical activity in children. If you want to listen to, feel free to reach out to us by Elmo website or even on LinkedIn. Stay healthy, stay strong, and do not miss our next episode.